All right, we're recording our first podcast. It's pretty neat. First episode. Yeah, it's pretty poggers. This is your host, Scott, also known as Dad, with my co-host. Introduce yourself. My name's Adam. Adam. Can't wait to get into it. Let's play our intro. If you're older, what would it be like to see the world today through your 15-year-old lens? And if you're younger, what would it be like to see the world through your dad's eyes? This is Conversations Across Generations. How do different generations see current events, new technology, and trends? This show will show different views from differing perspectives and shed some light into the mind of how these things affect each age group. One of the most unique podcasts on the internet. Conversations Across Generations. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Adam Resnick. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That is pretty neat, right? Yeah. Well, as you heard, this is Scott and Adam. We're your hosts for Conversations Across Generations. As we said, this is our first podcast. So this podcast started out as me and Adam wanting to do something cool together, and we figured what better to do than a podcast. Yeah. You're quiet today, Adam. Uh, (laughs) Don't have much to say? What's to say? Well, let's figure out what should we, uh, what should our first podcast be about? I was thinking well, we should talk about something that's really affecting both me as a dad and and you as a. I think it affects me more as a kid. So let let's get into it. We're going to talk about how what's going on with COVID and school is affecting parents as well as kids, uh, in particular, somebody like Adam, who's a high school. What grade are you in, Adam? 10th grade. 10th grade. So this started in your freshman year of yes, high school. Yes, it did. It ruined everything for me. So let's go back to that. Let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about how last year, as a freshman, things were going for you before COVID. Let's talk before COVID. How were things going for you? No, well, things are great for me, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I was going to do some big stuff with band and stuff. I was going to do recorder. I was going to do some stuff with recorder. And, you know, a week before all that happened, COVID happened and everything shut down. Couldn't do anything. You know, school went virtual. I, it was very difficult for me because the teachers decided that they were not going to teach anymore. All right. Well, hold on. Let, let's take a, a step back, right? So what kind of classes were you in? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, I was in AP World History. Um, so you're a smart kid. Yes. I agree with that. You are a smart kid. I know I am. So AP World History, were you in honors classes? I was in a few honors classes, yes. Um, Honors, um, let me think. Honors Italian, honors. Yeah. Um, What's that class called? Oh, yeah, English, honors English. Honors English? Nice. Yeah, the whole audience out there of one is cheering for you. Thank but, you. Okay, so you were a, a freshman adjusting to honors classes, AP classes, pre-AP classes in in high school. So, how was everything going before COVID? <clears throat> well, it was. I wasn't doing bad. I had you know high, you know 
high 80s, low 90s grades, except an AP, but that that's an AP class, so that doesn't matter. You know, um, I had a, I don't think my GPA dropped below a 95, you know. So you're a good, you were a good student. Were you enjoying your freshman year in high school? Yes, it was very fun. Yeah? Yeah. And you're in a pretty big school district, so you didn't have any issues with, uh, you know, feeling out of place as a freshman your first year? No, no, no. I had, um, I was with a lot of my friends for most of the time, so, you know, we just stayed together for most of the day. So it was going well for you. I, I know as your parent, other than trying to chase you around sometimes to stay on your work, you were doing really well. I was really, uh, it was it was very proud to watch you adjust to high school life. And then, of course, in um, February and March, we started talking about uh, this, this virus that was going around. A lot of misinformation was coming around. We weren't really sure what it meant. Uh, and I did. In February, we went on a, a great vacation. We came back from vacation, and suddenly the entire world changed. Yeah, it was during that week the first case was reported in the U.S. Yep. And then uh, we came back. You went back to school, and, and we started to see things happening across the country, and we kind of didn't know. And then um, we saw the governor announced that they were going to shut schools down. Originally, it was supposed to be for two weeks, so... Do you remember when that happened? Oh, yeah. I was playing with my friends, and we get the call, you know, and we all started celebrating. We didn't know what it would turn into. So originally it was two free weeks vacation. Is that what uh, the yeah, original thought then was? It, it, it was first. I think it was first just, like, one week. Like, it was just the first week. And then we got a call, like, ten minutes later. No, it's two weeks now. And then, you know, the next week we get a call. It's going to be till, like, April or whatever. And then it's, like, till the, you know, there's no more school for the rest of the year. So what went through your mind as that what well let's take a step back what was that first week like for you The first week was really fun because you know no one expected this the teacher you know, like there was no way for them to give work so it was just you know it, I got to relax and play with my friends that whole week it was really like relaxing for me Was there any concern like well you know we're missing a week of school and you know things might start to pile up That that didn't cross my mind at the time I was just thinking about the pros of it, like how, you know, this is great. Free vacation. Yeah. Free vacation. Yeah, well, and then, of course, that went away quickly. Yeah. So around the, you know, every, you know, probably like the third weekend when we would watch the press conferences and see that every day there are more and more cases and that started to get scary. That's right. It did get scary. It got scary for me as a parent, too, because we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know what was going to happen, and um, it it was a lot to take in. So let's explore that a little bit. So now things started to get real. Uh, There was the unknown. Um, I I don't think – did they start yet doing any type of – um, other than like Google Classroom, did you guys start to get any work? We didn't by then get work until May, I think. It was around May when they started giving us work. So, so I, at this point, I don't think there were any there was any work. So, what's going through your mind at that point? Now you're you know a month into this thing. It's it's April. You haven't really been to school. You haven't really been doing much. What you know? What goes through your mind? What were your friends thinking? What were you guys talking about? My friends. They didn't care. They they thought that this was the best thing ever. You know, they <clears throat> because they didn't 
you know, this was what we, all, every night, you know, we would play till like 2 a.m. It was, you know, it was great. But, <clears throat> you know, it started, you know, to be this, you know, like glooming thing that, you know, this is going to be our reality. We're never going to be able to see each other in person ever again. You know, we're never going to go to school. We're never going to do anything. And then it started to, like, start, like, kind of get weird, you know? So I'll tell you, as a, a parent, it was very concerning because especially you as as a freshman, it's, you know, some of the most important four years of your life. And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. It kind of sets up the rest of your life, how things go in high school. And here it is your first year and, and there's a major disruption. Uh, we get very concerned about the learning that's not taking place. I know, uh, you know, that, that was a real concern of mine. And then how were they going to implement learning? And I know that... Uh, our district was pretty slow to implement online learning, if you can even call it that, because yeah, it was I pretty much... I wouldn't call it online learning. I would call it them throwing work at us and expecting us to figure it out somehow. Exactly. So there was a lot of, um, you know, post things online and, and go ahead and do it. So let's kind of, let's let's walk through that. So you, now you start getting work. What was that like for you to be handed, you know, essentially assignments without education? It was it was horrible for me. It was really difficult, you know. Um, I know, you know, some of my teach. I think one of my teachers, science, would post videos, like f- for like the first two weeks to help us with the assignments, mm-hmm. and after that, she just stopped. What and kind of videos was it? Her teaching, or well, it'd be like her going through like something, like you know, it'd be like a four minute video. Like she'd post, I think, five assignments due at the end of the week. You, one was supposed to be done every day. I did, did them all in one day. But it was like a rundown of everything. Like here's what you need to know. You know, if there was a lab, she'd say like, "All right, here's the lab. I'm doing it for you." And that continued for how long? Did it get any better than that last year? It got worse. She stopped posting. She stopped making videos. Um, math. She would just send us work with and post a link to someone else's video when we just had to copy down the whole thing. Um, AP was probably the worst because there's no actual instruction. It would just be, here, here's this article, read it, and then, you know, answer 20 questions on it. And, you know, that that was really difficult. So was that pretty much the rest of, of last year? Yeah, that was pretty much the rest. I mean, we didn't even... Do band band was gone after that. You know. Yeah, so let let's talk about that. So you are quite the musician. Uh, as your yes. father, I'm I'm very very proud of you. How many instruments do you play? Um, I'd say like four or five. So you play piano, saxophone, clarinet, and recorder. Recorder, yes. You're very proud of your. How many recorders do you have? Five, six, really. Six different uh, recorders. So you're a pioneer, right? You were the the first person in the flute choir that played... I played recorder in the flute choir, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. And uh, all that came to a screeching halt. Yeah, it was it was sad. I was going to do a... You know, I was going to do a big recorder concert. So, and, and let's go further than that. You're also, um, again, I'm, I'm the proud dad, so you're also a member of the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra here in New York. Yeah. So you guys had an opportunity to perform one live concert at, where was that performed? Um, uh, it was LIU Post, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, what was that experience like? Well, it was, it was cool, 
<clears throat> um, we had to sit in this room. Like, we had to get there really early at, like, 9 o'clock, and we, we went on at, like, 1 o'clock. So we had to sit in that room. We couldn't even practice because we're right next to to where the um the concert was. So it it was, you know, it was an experience but you know it was it was fun to to perform but you got to perform on a, on a real stage where you know real orchestras and and performers have performed before you and you got this great experience uh that that was your first one with the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra and you were supposed to have two more one at Stony Brook at the Tilly Center right yeah and then uh where was your last one supposed to be at Carnegie Hall in New York City Carnegie Hall and when was that supposed to be uh, May, I think. So right in the heart of, of the uh, COVID explosion in New York. So not only were you dealing with school, but then there's that incredible um, that incredible loss of, of music for you too, right? Yeah. Did that, you know, what kind of toll did that take on you, not being able to perform, not being able to uh, do something that's a real passion of yours? Well, you know, it was disappointing, you know, at that point. You know, I also had Scamia, which was, uh, you know, a big thing for me. What What's Scamia? It's like this, um, it's this select band that you get into based on your score for the Nisma Solo Festival. So that's the Suffolk County Honors Band, essentially, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I made that, I was also going to do that for Recorder, and, you know, that all came to a stop. And it, you know, it affected me even more because I couldn't do the Nisma Solo Festival that year. I was going to do it for clarinet and saxophone. So just for people that might not know, Nisma Solo is really what sets you and kind of grades you on it, a, a... Yeah, it, it puts you on a scale with um, other kids across different schools. It, you know, it's like how Essentially rank you. ranking you yeah. as, as a musician. And, and you are one of the top clarinet musicians definitely in, in your school and, and in Suffolk County because you made the Suffolk County Honors Band. Yeah. So all that was taken away with you. So how did the school year end for you? How did you do overall and you know what was kind of going through your mind as the school year came to an end? Oh, I was – it was horrible. The last month, June, was – June was probably the most difficult time I've ever had in school. It was – you know, I had no motivation anymore – because you know it was it was just difficult. They were just you know throwing assignments without any instructions, and so it was difficult you know on that level also. And it it's just you know it's so much assignments and so much work with you know so little instruction, and you have to stare at the computer all day and stuff. So it was it was difficult. Yeah, and and to kind of bring it back to my generation, um, it was quite difficult as a parent because you're torn between. What I know as a father, which is how important these days are to keep your grades up and how important it is to, you know, do well, especially for you, an honor student, an AP student, to not let something that you really had no control over really have an impact maybe in the rest of your life. And you're, and, and where's the border between pushing too hard and pushing just enough? But overall, how did you end up doing? I, I know... It was a lot of work, and you know it was tough. But how how'd you end up doing? I think I ended fourth quarter a little bit weaker. I think it was still over a ninety five GPA, but it wasn't like overall. You can tell that it affected me, you know, grade wise. Ninety five, good job. That's awesome. So, you know, we talk about the the workload and everything, but what was your mindset like? 
I had a horrible mindset. I <clears throat> was so unmotivated. I would around this time I you know, I I would wake up and I would just, you know, not want to do any work. I would I would you know, because it was difficult. I it would take me at least an hour for every assignment, you know, with no work. I was completely unmotivated. I thought what's the point of doing all this work? And um I got really lazy. Yeah, I know, and it definitely affected you and I. I mean, you and I are really, really close, and I know that this definitely was something that was tough for both of us to manage and, and navigate without, you know, really upsetting each other. Yeah. But, you know, we got through it. I think summer was good. The numbers came down, uh, but we didn't really know what was going to go on for school this year. I mean, I think we pretty much found out like two weeks before the start of the school year that they were going to do a hybrid, right? Yeah, and that was also weird because, you know, it's school. You know, you're not going to get everyone to follow all the rules, so we thought it wasn't going to last a day. So let's let's talk about that. So the, the school year starts, and what was your uh, school doing? How, how did you start the school year? So my school was doing it. It would split up. Um, there were two groups. I think it was like A through L and then M through Z. A through L was going in Monday and Tuesday, and the other group was going in uh, Thursday and Friday, and one day was a fully virtual day. So um, how was that? How was starting the school year getting two days worth of learning, uh, two days of, of different learning than your friends were getting because a lot of your friends I know were going Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, most of my friends went Monday and Tuesday, so that was also, you know, weird. So Monday and Tuesday was what? What type of learning were you doing? The same as last year. No instruction, just, you know, their assignment after assignment. You so know. assignment driven. Yeah. Well, I, I, to be fair, I know some of your teachers posted videos and, and articles to read and whatnot. Um. Uh, my math teacher really. My math teacher was good to us during you know the first half of the year. So uh, here you are starting the year uh, in an AP class and in how, how many honors classes? Are I you was in now? full honors. I was every class was honors. So you were in full honors, including Italian. I was in yep Italian. And then uh, also this year, uh, what about music? How is music being handled? <laughs> oh yeah, so. The beginning of the year was really weird for music. We, You know, they didn't know how everything was going to happen with playing and stuff. You know, they didn't want particles or whatever to spread. So we spent the first three months or two months banging on drums in the cafeteria. So And, and you don't play drums? No. So how did that in any way, we, shape, or form? We, it wasn't even drums. We had to bang on uh, paint buckets with drumsticks. What was that designed to do? Well, for wind ensemble, um, at least, you know, we would at least go through the rhythms of the songs we were going to play. But concert band, we, it, like every day, it was the same thing. We'd go in, he'd select, mainly me, he'd say, Adam, come up with this, come up with, um, you know, a four measure rhythm on the drums. So I'd come up with a random four measure thing. And I just repeat that the whole period, and he'd keep adding people to do more improvision, you know, stuff over it. And that was the first two months of the school year. And then, so two months goes by, you're going to school essentially Thursday, Friday, 
And then uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is all virtual. Everybody's virtual on Wednesdays. So the first quarter goes by. How did you end up doing? How how was this year compared to last year? Did did you feel a little better about it this year because it was a little more organized? Were you still feeling demotivated? I mean, what's what's going through your mind? First quarter was, I think, a good quarter for me. I had like a 97 GPA. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It, um, you know, I was doing all my assignments, I think on time. I don't think I had a problem. Um. Liar. All right. Go ahead. Um, I, it, it was, it wasn't that bad compared to last year. And how about the, the learning? Was it? enough to be in school two days a week to be able to handle all the online virtual stuff? Well, with the stuff that we were doing, the content we were doing, it was very easy, you know. You know, chemistry and algebra 2 were very hard classes, but the stuff we were doing in quarter one was, you know, easy enough where I can, you know, manage two days in school and then, you know, three days just doing assignments on it. So let's talk about the in-school days. What's it like for you, um, you know, as as a student, I mean, one of my concerns as as a father is the social aspect that school gives, and you know, that's really one of the reasons why I've been so um, against full virtual. Because I think that you know, number one, the schools are safe. There really hasn't been, to be fair to your school district, they've done a good job of preventing any type of spread within the school. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, there's that social aspect of actually seeing people your own age and interacting with them. So what was the social part of, of when you were going two days a week like? Well, you can't – there's no group work in classes. You can't really, you know, talk to your friends in classes. So it would be, you know, like I'd see my friend in the hallway. I'll, you know, I'll say hi to him or, or whatever, you know. Um I had, you know, at this time, I didn't have that much friends in my classes because they all went Monday and Tuesdays. The the few friends I did have, you know, I would talk with them. But, you know, it, the hallways were a lot quieter. It was, you can tell that, you know, that, you know, there was a lack of social aspect in the schools. So what's going through? So you and your friends, I mean, how's your mindset, you know, through all this? Are Are you anxious? Do you find that you've you and your friends have more anxiety with all this going on? Are you guys kind of just fed up with it all and just want to throw in the towel and say, who cares anymore? I mean, what, what's yeah, going through I your mind? I definitely want to do that. Um, my friends, you know, as you know, my friends are leagues above me in terms of, you know, school. Like, they take it to another level. No, no, no. You, I'm very proud of, of who you are as a student. Yeah, but, they just, uh, you know, their grades are a little more important to them, which... Uh, you know, it's fine, but you do a good job. As long as you get that motivation, you, you do a good job. Yeah, so they, you know, they've never lost motivation. They, you know, every single assignment, they had to do it on time. They had to do it, you know, perfect. Whereas me, you know, I don't mind as much if an assignment's, you know, a few days late because, you know, I would still get full credit on it or, you know, I would, they would either get like an 80 on it or, you know, I'd get full credit. So it didn't really, I didn't really mind if I handed in an assignment, you know, a little bit late. What about the learning? Do you feel like you're absorbing the, the information, the materials? Do you, I mean, we don't know yet. You might have New York State Regences at the end of the year. Um, do you feel like you're, you're able to absorb it and, and hold on to that learning? 
the first quarter, it I, I was because the stuff we were doing was easy enough for me to understand with only two days of learning and then, you know, the three days of assignments. But <clears throat> as we moved throughout the year, you know, we start getting into more complicated, you know, stuff. It started getting a lot more difficult, you know, for me to, um, you know, to comprehend all that stuff in just two days of learning. And for classes like chemistry, those two days she'd try to cram so much information into us, you know, so that we'd be good for the week. And it was very difficult. And I, I think it's fair to say that your level of motivation dropped quite a bit in, yes. the, in the second quarter. So let's explore that a little bit. So as your motivation drops, are you thinking at all? Are you talking with your friends about, you know, what this means overall for your high school career and, and how that might affect you? Or is it just so overwhelming to you that all that just gets pushed to the side? Um, well... Most of my friends, you know, they were, you know, they were staying motivated. So, and we really did not like to talk. Like, when we're playing games and stuff, we we try not to, like, talk about, like, you know, homework and stuff. We try to focus on, on like, you know, having fun, but... Which, which is we, different, because I remember together. in the beginning of ninth grade, you would constantly be talking to your friends and collaborating on getting your work done and asking questions. Why did that... Now, let's explore that. Why did that go away? Why aren't you talking to your friends to try and, you know, kind of level set with each other what's going on? Why do you think that's happened? Because I became dependent on my friends. You know, I would – it would be, all right, I don't have to pay attention in class. You know, my my friends got this for me. And I don't I – don't, I didn't want that to be the case this year. I wanted, you know, I wanted me to be able to, you know, do all this stuff on my own. Okay. So I would try to not, you know – do schoolwork that much with my friends anywhere. I'd try to do it mainly, like, by myself or, you know, with your assistance. That's interesting. Do you think that some of that was because of the lack of socialization that you have going on in school? Or is it just purely you didn't want to be relying on other people? I don't. I think it's just because I didn't want to be relying on them, you know, because I, I needed to know this stuff because... You know, they weren't going to be there for me for, you know, forever to do my schoolwork. So it's interesting. So let, let's explore that a little bit. So uh, and this is different because I don't think we've had this conversation and, and hopefully this will help any parents that are listening out there. So you you have this mindset that you want to be independent and get your schoolwork done and, and know it. But at the same time, you're also suffering from this overwhelming feeling of just, you know, not being, I don't know if committed is the word, but not being driven to do the work because of the way things are going right now. Um, I mean, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. It, it's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's just like pure overwhelming with the amount of work. Like some teachers would post, you know, three assignments a day. You know, one of them would be like, all right, here is um, notes. Do these notes. Uh, the next one would be, like, all right, watch this 10-minute video and answer these five questions. And it would be, all right, now um, answer, you know, these 200 questions on this, on this you know, thing. So, you know, that, that that's tough. And I got to tell you that you and, and everybody else that's getting through this are, or at least need to be looked at as um, 
really superstars because this is tough and I see it and, and it's hard. And, and I know as a parent, and I'm sure I'm not alone out there, that you have this feeling of needing to push your kids and at the same time trying to figure out where's that balance between pushing too hard that it, it continues to be overwhelming. And I know we've had this conversation, you know, I, I just want you to do the work and then what happens there and, and where your grades are is are to me anyway are not as important as just making sure you're keeping up with the work. And I know that how overwhelming it is. In fact, um before the holidays I, I for the first time kinda put my two cents out there and, and put a post on Facebook into the school district's website saying, please don't give these kids work over the Christmas break. And I, I've never done that before. I've always, you know, said to you that even during this you gotta get your work done. I mean if you look to my generation, when we were in school, uh, it, it was a lot harder to do work than it is today. And I think that's why today you see kids getting much higher grades than even when I was in school. It's almost, I mean, you, you tell me, but uh, I mean, a, a 90 is almost, you know, where the baseline is for a competitive grade for better students. Well, yeah, I know now, you know, um, my, you know, my friends, they get GPAs above 100. Yeah, so. and. When I was a kid, if you you had a ninety GPA, you were you were you know definitely a top performer. It was just harder to do the work. So I think some of it for my generation gets lost in that you know boohoo. You have to go and and do your own research and read your textbook and and learn it on your own because we kind of did a lot of that in in my generation. We were taught from you know the front of the classroom and then we were given assignments and we didn't have computers and Google and everything else. We had to go to the library. We had to open up a, an encyclopedia. So I think that makes it a little tougher on us to kind of feel the way uh, you guys are feeling. But at the same time, I, I see it in you. I see the changes. I think that, you know, overwhelmingly this last year for a multitude of reasons was really tough emotionally on on kids and, and on you. Um, so – What's changed? So, you know, music as an example, are you, you know, are you able to do the the same things now or now that music has kind of opened up? What do you mean the same things now? In other words, are are you still banging on a drum? Oh, no. We're, we're playing, you know, songs now and wind ensemble. It's, it's crazy what we, what we're doing. You know, he'll hand us a piece. It will be, you know, it's, you know, no, it's like a meteor. Um, you know, it's like a hard piece, and we play through it. You know, and so you're know. able to play your instruments now. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. Now I remember, and and you know, I kind of knew that answer, but I wanted you to talk about it uh, for whoever's listening. Um, but I remember you wearing like like garbage bags over you for a while, right? Yeah, when you we first had started to playing? rain ponchos, and we had to use um shower caps. At least from my instruments, the clarinet and saxophone, you know, you had to put a shower cap over the bell and you had to, we had to put our whole instrument in a rain poncho. So has this whole thing, this whole COVID uh, mess, has it interfered with your ability to grow as a, a musician? I feel, well, <clears throat> I don't know if this has to do with COVID, but I think just because of the private clarinet teacher and, you know, just my will and want to, you know, better myself as a musician, I think I have improved, um, you know, so much in this year. So it's given you an opportunity maybe to invest your, your maybe grew your passion knowing that other things were limited? 
Um, yeah, but, you know, we're also sitting in the auditorium. We have to be 12 feet apart. So you're basically on a solo part. So you have to learn to play out your part. You have to, you have to be confident on your part. Otherwise, you know, you don't, your part's not there. And it, it, we know, everyone knows that your part's not there. That's, um, I don't know. I was never a musician, so I, I can't really relate to it, but I see what you being a musician means to you and and at least that's something that you're able to continue to do what about uh metropolitan youth orchestra um that's definitely changed a lot um we go on zoom for an hour and (laughs) she she just um you know conducts us no one plays because it would sound like you know it would sound horrible if everyone's you know unmuted their mics and started playing all at once so it's just silence of her you know waving her hands around conducting us and and you guys are doing your performances virtually, doing those. We all cool have to go record them. Yeah, record our parts and then submit them, which is also different because now your part needs to be perfect. You know, in a concert, you know, if there's a part, if there's like a hard run that you don't know how to do, you just don't have to play it because you know we're all right next to each other. There's other clarinets. You know, there's other people. You know, there's sound over it. That part's not a solo part. You you know you can maybe leave that part out. Or maybe, you know, maybe you can play a wrong note there, but. You know, you're recording your video. You know, she's listening to it. You make a mistake, she's going to hear it, and you have to redo it. You have to know every single part perfectly. So I guess from as a musician, it's kind of ironic because this situation has made you had to really look at how you are as a musician knowing that pretty much everything is a solo. Yeah, it... It makes you have to step up your game. You have to, um, you have to really know your part. So I guess if we had to find some kind of positive in all this, we can say that it's it's really helped you focus a little bit more on your music. I guess we can say that. All right, we learned something today. So let's wrap it up with um, talking about kind of how school is now. So um, just after the holidays, you guys went back as close to full time as as your school can do. So talk about how you're in school now. Um, now they combined both the cohorts, um, the Monday, Tuesday kids and the Thursday, Friday kids. And it's, it's great. You know, it really is. Um, you know, um, I get to see all my friends. Um, you know, it's, we get to have fun again. You know, we get to, you know, talk and we get to have a social life or aspect in school. I I know it's only been a month, but. Are you feeling uh, – it hasn't even been a month. It's only been two weeks. Are you, are you feeling some of that cloud lifting? Are you feeling a little more invested in school now? It's – yeah. So I guess the message you and I both should bring to uh, across generations is that as tough as this has been, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it does get better if you just have to wait. So uh, I, I know you're – Second quarter is just coming to an end, and I think this yeah, was probably the, yesterday. Yeah, the, this has been probably the toughest quarter, just emotionally and and learning wise for you since you started school. Is that fair to say? It is. It has been, but I also think that this will be my highest quarter. That's that's incredible. Do you think that this whole experience, kind of, you know, again trying to find something positive out of all this? Do you think that this prepared you? Um, as a person, knowing that, you know, college is going to be a lot like what you're experiencing. You know, you get a little bit in the classroom, but a lot of this is going to be on your own. Well, I never thought of it that way. Um, You know, I don't really know what college is like. The teachers make it seem like college is, you know, this big, scary place. 
you know where. What'd you say? It's a what? Big scary place. Sorry, trying to have fun with the uh, sound effects. Go ahead. Um, I really don't know what it's like, but if it is like what they're saying, then I guess this is you know good for helping us out. So, wow, that that's a lot to take in, and and you know, honestly, even as your dad and as close as we are, I think we talked about some things today that we just probably haven't talked about before. This was kind of therapeutic. You feel the same way? I guess. You're smiling at me. You. you this is this is where the generation gap is, I guess. But uh, this was a, a great first podcast, I think. What do you think? I think it went good. Yeah. Hopefully we shared some things that some folks will end up listening to that may, maybe helps a, a father look at their kid a little differently and maybe a kid to look at their father a little differently because, you know, I, I will tell you and, and, you know, I try and get this across to you all the time, but as a dad, it's just as hard on me to see you struggling and to see what you're going through, especially when, you know, as a dad, I I know what you're capable of and I know just how bright you are and and how talented you are and everything. And and it's, it's tough to find that right balance as a dad. And I think that, you know, any kids that might be listening to this should really try and understand that, you know, your parents are, uh, I don't push you because I'm I'm trying to be an idiot. I, I push you because you can't, make up tomorrow for yesterday and today, right? You only get one chance at it. And what I think is important is that I, I think most parents don't want this darn virus and what's happened to, you know, affect an entire generation that's getting ready to get through high school and eventually go to co- uh, college and, and start a life simply because it was tough and, and this stupid virus affected everything. And, and, Especially when across the country, people are in school in in very different ways. You know, here in New York, even from town to town, some kids are not in school at all and some are in school five days a week. And you're lucky enough now for the second half of the year to be, uh, you know, four days a week. That's a big difference. But as a parent, I think the most important thing to get across to to kids out there is that we do care and and come to us and, and talk to us and we'll try and figure it out. But at the same time, we have to be parents, and we have to really encourage you to just get it done as tough as it is, right? Because I I get that, but you know, you I, I don't know about any other parents, but I know you can get very annoying and yeah, that that's a parent's job, right? But to be fair, it's it's because I I just want you to get it done, and I know you can do it. So, uh, I love doing this. This was a lot of fun. Did you have fun? Yeah. So hopefully. Uh, some people are going to listen to this and some people will enjoy what we talked about and hopefully we'll be back again in, in a week or two with another episode, something new to talk about. Another conversation across generations. Oh, he said it. I said it. Do you like the name? Yeah, it's cool. Kind of talks about what we're trying to get across, right? Yeah, it kind of describes the podcast. Excellent. Well, this was Dad, also known as Scott. And this is Adam. Also known as the musical superstar in my eyes. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. 
You've been listening to Conversations Across Generations. How do different generations see certain things differently? Current events, new technology, trends. We show different views from differing perspectives and shed light into the mind of how these things affect different age groups. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show, and we hope you had fun, too. We know we did. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime... Hook up with us on Twitter at the CAG Podcast. Send us an email at the CAG Podcast at gmail.com and make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Till next time, this is Conversations Across Generations.